Hello and welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. My name is Tegan Buckley and in this episode we chat all about pulses and how to make them work in the Mallee. I caught up with two Pinaroo farmers, Wade Nichols and Skeet Lawson, as well as research agronomist Michael Moody. Wade and Skeet were involved in the Pinaroo Pulse Check Group, which is part of the GRDC Southern Pulse Extension Project that started in 2017 and has just wrapped up now after three years. There were two groups in the Vic Mallee and two groups in the South Australian Mallee and the Southern Pulse Extension Project is proudly funded by GRDC, executed by MSF and led by Birdship Cropping Group. In the second half of this episode, we caught up with MSF's key research agronomist, Michael Moody from Frontier Farming Systems. Michael has been carrying out a lot of research across the Mallee and facilitating the Millawa Pulse Check Groups. The Pulse Check groups allowed growers to network and compare their experiences, challenges and findings in their local area. Plus, they got to share some practical knowledge to bridge gaps where research in the low rainfall zone is lacking when it comes to pulses. Attendings varied from experienced pulse growers and those also new to growing pulses in the Mallee. And as you'll hear from Skeet and Wade, they shared their thoughts on how valuable this group was over the last three years for them. So without further delay, I'll take you now to my interview with Pinaro Farmers, Wade Nichols and Skeet Lawson. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Good morning, Skeet and Wade. How are you both this morning? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah, good. Thanks, Tegan. Cool. How's everything looking at your neck of the woods lately? Well, it's pretty dry, actually. Yeah, we haven't had much rain over the summer, but um, yeah, no, it's saved us on summer spraying, but it'd be nice to get some rain shortly. Everyone's pretty well just getting ready for seeding and doing the last little plans before we get into it again, so... Awesome. So I guess to kick off the episode today, could you both tell me a bit about your farms, including what your sowing program might look like this year? Uh, yeah, well, I guess we haven't changed a great deal. Like We try and keep it reasonably the same most years, um, obviously wheat and barley, and then a fair portion of lentils and canola and oat and hay in the mix, a few lupins when we need to, um, and a little bit of veche as well. So, And for me, we're... Um... Where wheat, barley, and lentils, we just run a third each. So, and that's we've changed our program from I don't know probably three, four years ago, um, which we used to be predominantly cereal, 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 then canola, and back to the cereal phase again. But now we've shortened up the uh, the rotations and brought the uh, lentils into it, and that's uh, really changed it for us. Mm. So, do you, either of you run stock, or is it mainly just cropping? We're all cropping. Yeah, you don't keep stock all year round, so just at the moment it's working well without them, but never say never. <laughs> you never know, do you? Oh, cool. Um, and you're both obviously out near Pinaroo Way. How far are you from each other? Oh, so I'm 6Ks north and Wade 6Ks south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty close then. Uh, okay, cool. So we've had some interesting seasons the last few years. What have you taken from, you know, the ups and downs? We've obviously had the drought and then we've had a reasonable year last year. Um, how have you sort of made pulses work on your farms in your area of the Mallee? I, I guess the biggest thing we probably see is, yeah, you got to keep at them. Like um, there's no point jumping in and out of them because, you know, in those drought years, you can still grow good wheat crops if you've got pulses in your system. And, you know, the pulses may not be quite as profitable in those really poor years, but you pick it up with the better cereal crops. Um, obviously, the way we're farming now, you know, pulses are a lot more reliable. Um, but, yeah, no doubt through those coloured droughted years, you know, they really probably took a hammering 
you know, dollar-wise, didn't they? Yep. Really struggled. Mm. But, you know, if we didn't have them in there, we would have we would have copped it worse, I suppose. So I guess some of the parts with, you know, with the drought and frost events and that sort of stuff, some of our lentils, gross margin-wise, still made really good money. And we made, uh, but, you know, some of our barley didn't make money out of, out of those paddocks. So there is a real, I know, for us, we've changed all over to lentils. And that's just, yeah, really, really helping our soil um, and and their bottom line. Yeah, and the Pinnery Farmers, you sell lentil, lentil flour as well through Skeet and Pip. So for anyone listening that would like to go and have a look at that, um, yeah, that's a really interesting way to diversify um, your business as well. So great things are happening in that space. Yeah, it's moving forward. It's only, we only opened the shop in June last year. So um, yeah, everything's, yeah, yeah, we've been really well um, supported and uh, yeah, we're really thankful and grateful for everyone that's been helping us out and uh, yeah, and you know, being interested in our farm. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. So you've both been involved in the Pianuru Pulse Check Group for the last three years. That was um, run in collaboration with GRDC and, and MSF. So can you tell us a little bit, maybe your key takeaways from the group um, in, with your participation for the over the last few years? Well, I guess it's, it's really good having all those like-minded farmers together and they're all using different agronomists, you know, they're different soil types, slightly different areas. So you, you're sort of getting a good good cross of what everyone's doing. And there's always those little two or three percenters that, you know, we may be struggling with, but someone might be getting it right. And that sort of crossover information has been really good, whether it's just, you know, just small things in chemical rates or, um, you know, even some varieties. And it just gives you a bit, bit of a, I don't know, a good uh, group there to talk about pulses and, um, yeah, basically throw ideas off each other. So it has been really helpful, I think. And being, being it's not a huge group, is it? It's no, not, no. It's probably 15, 20 yep. people. And yep. so everyone gets on pretty well and got that pulse in common, I suppose. Yeah. I guess the good thing about going around for us, because we only grow just lentils. Yeah, it's just seeing the other weed management strategies and what other things we can do to help our pulses. Um, also, there's a lot of young people in our group that are coming along, a lot of young farmers, and that's fantastic for them to get in there and um, listen, not to just their people in, in their family farm, but look at, you know, listen to another 15 um, businesses and get ideas and work with them and take them back. And I think they're, they're starting to show some great potential now. So, and they're changing their farm with the, the help of the Pulse groups. That's brilliant. Yeah, so much value. Um, all right, so I'm gonna throw you guys in the deep end with a bit of a question that's uh, a bit left field, sorry, not sorry. Uh, is there any research gaps or unknowns still still in your mind that you'd like to, to tap into or have, have a little bit more information at your fingertips um, when it comes to pulses? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we did say um, maybe, yeah, there's a, a change, you know, on these agronomy groups that are these pulse check days that we uh, that we do with GRDC. Um, the different practices that different agronomists uh, you know, recommend, um, I guess, trace elements. I think it might have been yeah, done in the past mm. over in the uh, York Peninsula sort of stuff, but really taking tissue tests and seeing how they're actually changing and, um, you know, seeing what inputs they are doing and probably going left to field and putting more than what you recommend, I guess, yep. um, just to see what the effect is going to be. Probably 
another thing too is like we're trying to push the pulses because you know lentils are probably the most valuable crop we're trying to push them further and further onto sand and soil types we probably didn't used to grow them so i guess getting the agronomy exactly right especially pre-em herbicides and stuff like that which are hotter on those poorer sands is probably still you know we're getting better at it but can we get it better again and grow them another 100 meters up a sandy rise um yeah, it's probably, it's probably plenty of little things like that that we've got. And even some of the variable rate stuff with cutting rates back of lentils, you know, some years if they're worth $1,200 a tonne, if we can save 10 or 15%, yeah, by sowing less on the better ground and, um, you know, keeping keeping that money in your pocket, I guess there's some savings to have there. So, yeah, there's definitely, definitely plenty for us to learn on, you know, getting it exactly right. And I guess a year like last year where it's really good, didn't matter what you did, it sort of worked, didn't it? Whereas yeah. the tougher years, the drouthier years, the frosty years, you know, um, and the less rainfall, the you know, you have to get it right, otherwise um, there's nothing left. So yeah, actually, one yep. thing I did learn um, from John, like my father-in-law is John Angel, and he's farmed here for 57 years, I think. Um, he used to double sow his peas on top of the sandy rises, and we started upping the rate of our lentils. Um, and that has, yeah, it's really, really pushed them along. It's really done well with that. Oh, cool. Just yeah, if, you, if your seeding rate was 45 or 50 kilos a hectare, we'd go up to 80 on the sort of lighter rises on there. Yeah. And actually, I started doing that last year on some old rubble pits. Yeah. Just push that rate right up there. And we got a really good response where normally we would get, you know, half a ton. These, you know, the lentils are sort of pushing like 1.8. So. Mm. There is always that challenge with the dry years, especially on your sandy rises, you know, ground cover and pulses just sometimes don't make the cut. So there's always that balance, isn't it? And the challenge to, to keep, yeah, looking into and getting right. So, yep. yeah. And keeping that bolt coming through the header. Mm. That's the other uh, challenge. Yeah. I guess it's... that's one thing we don't really talk about, is it? Is how we, you know, what sort of fronts we use and flex fronts to, you use an air reel. Yeah. What yeah. we don't, yeah. And again, it's the poorer years where it really stands out, isn't it? Like, Definitely. So you just got to get it right. You got to have an yeah. even crop, and mm. you know, so you don't want to damage it with herbicide and everything else. And mm. yeah, I think like yeah. there's got to be a lot of uh, credit go to some breeders and that too. Like when we all started growing lentils a long time ago, the varieties just didn't suit Pinaroo or Mallee. Yeah. Whereas now they've got it right. The shorter season, they grow higher, more bulk. We can actually harvest them. So uh, you know the along the way through the breeding programs, everything else, it is working. Like it's, it's coming through for farmers. It may be slow, but we are, you know, getting the benefits along the way. Absolutely. So what seeding systems do you guys run? Uh, we've both got Horwood bags or bars. I've got a scary bar, which is 40 foot and yours is what a PSS. Yep. Yeah. We're actually, we're actually really interested to try and start growing with a disc and it's probably not, you know, it's done in the York Peninsula, isn't it? But we'd love yep. to get it going here just for what you're saying before with the stubble cover mm. and, um, probably trying to narrow rows up for competition and, and to keep that bulk there. Um, so, yeah, we're using times now, but there is a bit of an interest in trying to get discs maybe working here too. So Yep, that's great. Oh, thank you so much. Any final words of wisdom or comments before we wrap the episode up? Uh... <laughs> These are good biscuits, biscuits that Skeet made out of his lentil flour. Eh? <laughs> oh, What's the recipe? <laughs> it's on the Well, bar. yeah, it is. It's on the packet, the back of the packet. So, um, okay. and um, question: Is there coffee or beer with that biscuit? Uh, still coffee. <laughs> it's coffee. It's coffee. Coffee. 
coffee. Yeah. It is not even 10 o'clock in the morning, so yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, I guess the word of wisdom, I guess you just got to ask a question. If you don't know, just ask, because there's plenty of people there that are willing to help you. Um, even Jason Brand, um, he does a fantastic job. Like, just someone to reach out to, you got a question, you know, always take your call and those guys are fantastic, yeah. especially Pulse Australia. So. Yep. And even like Lan and the boys at their, their company there, like it's a bit out there and they're doing it off their own back a bit, but there's some good varieties and stuff coming through there and they're challenging mm. the system. So Yeah, yeah I would love to well. get um, both Jason and Lan on the podcast and, yeah, farmers from the Mallee, feel free to send through all your questions that you want me to ask them and, yeah, that'd be great. Keep keep the networking and the conversation going. Yeah, no, well, thank you. Thanks, MSF and GRDC. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. And um, yeah, have a great 2021 season. Thanks very much. Thanks, Tegan. And now we're tuning into my chat with Michael Moody, MSF's key research agronomist from Frontier Farming Systems. And we talk all about making pulses work in the Mallee based on Michael's research and findings. Welcome, Michael. Can you give us a quick rundown on the pulse check group that you ran here in the Millawa? Thanks, Tegan. Well, the pulse check group that we ran was um, focused in the Millawa area, just west of uh, Mildura, low rainfall farming region. And um, I guess it's run for uh, a couple of years now where we've been running four meetings a year uh, with local farmers. Um, those meetings are focused on um, key timings around around their pulse planning program. So, so like a pre-sowing uh, one where we've talked about um, things to think about at sowing time, but also you know talked about a lot of the the research that we've done in the in the past year. Um, and then we have like a post-establishment one where we um, you know get out and look at issues around pulse establishment, a bit of a crop walk, and and some look at some demo paddocks um, or some local paddocks. Then we have another one, what we call pre-canopy closure. So that's a really important one in terms of talking around um, fungicide strategies and also insect management um, in crop. And then a um, final meeting for the year where we're focused on harvest management desiccation type issues. So the uh, I guess the, um, the, the groups serve as a bit of a peer-to-peer learning approach, but also um you know for growers that are new or relatively new in the pulses really just trying to ingrain that sort of those key management steps along the way yeah yeah great and you've seen a few different seasons over the last few years so that would obviously impact the direction and the the scope of the group as well wouldn't it yeah so we were bookending the project um i think it started in 2017 with our first meeting so that wasn't too bad of a year, and then obviously 2020 was a was a pretty good year as well. But uh, in our particular area, in that Millawa area, uh, we saw two very bad droughts um, to the point where there was really no no crop production um, to a large extent in 2019. So that was um, that was a challenge from the running the pulse group perspective, but. Um, I guess the the key thing that I look at now is um, when it came to 2020, farmers still had the confidence to to include pulses in their program um, because they were aware of the benefits that they uh, that they provide in the long term. And I think the pulse group protect groups have um, uh, been great at reinforcing that point, and and farmers have benefited because of it. Yeah, and then we had COVID in 2020, so you had to maybe do a little bit of virtual uh, online face-to-face uh, groups didn't you 
Yeah, that's right. So we um we did do a um do one webinar which uh yeah, actually brought in um you know a wider region than just our region, so that was that was good. But um yeah, I would say that the the face-to-face meetings were probably um the most successful and we did manage to sort of yeah, um make those happen in and around covid in amongst um in amongst the lockdown, so yeah, wasn't too bad at the end of the day. Yeah, excellent. So let's get into the nitty-gritties. Any common challenges that you see with growing pulses in the Mallee that this group has highlighted over the years? Yeah, so obviously we've talked about, you know, I think it's well well known that um, how important they are in the system. I guess one of the uh, one of the challenges that everyone's really grappling with is um, trying to still maintain that sustainability and ground cover um, around having pulses in the system. You know, just the general nature of you know harvesting short crops, but also um, the extra fertility that these uh, that pulse crops are bringing to these low rainfall soils. Um, I believe is um, really increasing the soil biology, which is um, you know uh, chewing through our our carbon sources and chewing through some of that um, ground cover. So there's a big challenge there, I think, particularly on those vulnerable sandy soils, as to how we can go about integrating pulses in a sustainable way without causing adverse problems such as um, such as uh, erosion, um, just by the nature of having the pulse in the system. Mm, and that's definitely uh, your specialty is pulses and sandy soils. So, yeah, certainly very lucky for the group to have your your knowledge and research. Um, what are some of the key success factors that farmers in the area are doing to make uh, legumes work in the Mallee? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. My thoughts are just the attention to detail, and I think the pulse critic groups have really helped that. Mm. Um when it comes to not just pulses, but I think yeah, we're seeing massive strides in in terms of agronomic management and um, and um, subsequent productivity in all crops, and a lot of that's just becoming coming down to meticulous planning by by farmers and really implementing that planning for a great result and when it comes to pulses you know some of the critical things are you know making sure that um you know residues herbicide residues aren't going to impact impact the pulse so i know all the farmers out there do a hell of a lot of planning you know several years out from when they want to grow the pulse to make sure that they're not going to have any adverse um consequences there um things like you know, making sure you're on and rolling, proceeding, um, making sure you've got your summer weeds under control to, to try and give that pulse every chance and, and maximise water available to that crop. Um, early sowing um, in this environment um, is also really good for pulses or really essential for pulses to make sure that they grow enough biomass that they can set a decent yield potential, um, especially if we do have a dry and hot spring, which we do have plenty of those. Um, so all these little one percenters all add up um, to um, you know to 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 the pulses being a success, and uh, without that attention to detail, um, um, I don't think you you could be as successful growing pulses in this rainfall zone as what lots of farmers are demonstrating. That's brilliant. Yep, thank you. So, any gaps in the research that you might like to highlight um, that could be handy to get some more data and insights on? Um, I guess there's always um, always gaps. I think. Um, talking to farmers around here, the the crops of interest have have really really been nailed down to um, field peas, vetch, and and also chickpeas um, for a lot of guys. Um, I still think there's a in the long term um, there's been a few years of poor prices and 
um, and poor yield outcomes. But I think lentils in the long term can still have a place in these, or a really important place in these low rainfall um, areas. So I think, yeah, work around that, you know, current varieties, um, bringing through some of the innovation in varieties that we know is out there, some of the herbicide tolerance traits can be really important important to farmers to um, be able to, you know, successfully grow these yeah. um, crops into the future. Any final key takeaways from the Pulse Check meetings that you might like to add? Well, my big takeaway is that um, even after, you know, two of the most severe droughts, um, you know, farmers still ensured that pulses, um, you know, were a, were a uh, important part of their rotation and farming system. And to me, you know, that really underpins some really good thinking there that, you know, you've, you've got to set yourself up for the future. Um, there might be slight changes around, you know, maybe people have moved from higher risk crops into lower risk crops like vetch and, and field peas a bit more, but still ensuring that that, um, that legume base is there so that the, the, the next cereal crop is, is really going to flourish and, and that's where farmers are going to make um, you know, their money from. So to me, despite two quite bad droughts, the fact that you know, the baby just hasn't been thrown out with the bathwater is probably um, a real positive for me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and expertise and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again sometime in the future on the podcast. Thank you. Don't forget to share this episode with a mate if you took some value away from it and be sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.